Cornerstone Conversations, having a chat with Neil and Matt. Hello everyone, welcome to Cornerstone Conversations, your host today, Neil. And with me, I have, as ever, Matt. As ever, Matt. Koenig. Yeah. As ever. I'm here. It's still the same. Hasn't moved since last week. Same yesterday, today, probably not forever. <laughs> some changing is in the wind. What's changing in your life, Matt? Uh, hopefully I get some sleep in the next little while. <laughs> mm. Yeah, had a, had a lack of sleep lately, but that's okay. Oh, poor old Matt. Yeah, Everyone... The season of small children and oh. stuff. Yeah. Listen, listeners, yeah. pray for Matt that he gets some sleep. Good on you. I'll take it. Thanks. All righty. Well, Matt, we're going to be talking about... Uh, what was the message thing? Journey to the Cross? Journey to the Cross. It's yep. the series, yeah. It's the series, and uh, we've got one more to go next week. And Matt did our first one, and I did Sunday. And what I wanted to look at was the confronting sin. That was the message name that I gave it. I don't know what it is on everything else. Yeah, it is. it's confronting sin. Confronting yeah. sin, yeah. yeah. And really, I just wanted us to remember that to actually confront the sin that had entered the world was a big deal. It was like there was a high price to be paid. And just how sometimes we have this sort of lackadaisy view of sin that, you know, it's not that bad. Um, and it's almost like a benign word. You know, if I say sin, it's like, oh, yeah, sin. Mm. Whereas like to God, he says that we should hate sin. Yeah. And I, I think that we don't really hate it sometimes. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, it's probably probably true. Mm. It's too confronting. It is too confronting. And that's the other part of the confrontation. One is that it took a lot to confront sin, to actually stand up to it. Yeah. Um, and the other one is it's confronting when we're actually faced with our sin. Yeah. To think, um, you know, there's a result of it. But understanding that end of it hopefully wakes us up a little bit to mm. not only think about ourselves but about other people. Um, and the reason that they need salvation, which is through Jesus Christ, the only way. Um, so, obviously, in the beginning, Adam and Eve in the garden, as you were talking about the week before, yep. there was only one thing that God told them not to do, and that was to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. And they did it. They did. <laughs> yep. And it was a choice that was made to disobey God and I think you know that the results of that just that one thing was horrific it actually broke relationship with God they got kicked mm. out of the garden there was some curses pronounced on the world um, and that in itself was actually horrific yeah but it wasn't the worst sin um, when Cain and Abel were there uh, God was talking to Cain and so this is Adam and Eve's sons and They'd offered to God different offerings. One was, you know, the animals. One was the vegetables. But what happened was that uh, Abel had brought in the best of his animals. So it wasn't about vegetables or animals, but he brought in the very best mm. to give to God. And God counted his sacrifice as more worthy because yep. it was actually a reflection of the heart that he had towards God. And when God was talking to Cain, he said, sin is crouching at your door. Yeah. And that that was the moment when murder first entered the earth, so something mm. so severe. And again, it's like that 
desire of sin is to gain control, is to become God of your own world and get the outcomes you want out of selfishness, which meant for him that he was jealous and he was angry yep. and he was bitter and the result in the end was murder. Mm. And God warned him very clearly, hey, sin is crouching at your door. Mm. Um, and I think that probably happens in our life at times, you know, when we're into situations. It's like this opportunity to sin or not to sin. Um, but the greatest problem with sin is it separates us from God and actually results in spiritual death yep. as well. Um, so that's what I sort of wanted to talk about. Mm. Yeah. So, Matt, would you mind reading out my first few verses there? All right. So, um, yeah, so first first verse that you used was from uh, 1 Corinthians, from chapter 15, uh, verse 56, which says, For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Uh, and then Romans six twenty three, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then Galatians 3.22 says, But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receiving God's promise of freedom only by... Oh, sorry. So, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hmm. So I just wanted to point out the result of sin is death, right? Yeah. That's quite a heavy consequence, don't you think? Yes. Yep. It's that bad. It is that bad. If we don't deal with it somehow, but we couldn't deal with it ourselves. No. How, how can we deal with it, Matt? Well, through Jesus. Through yeah. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That's what that's all about. And, and accepting him and, and, and accepting him as, as Lord of our life, you know? And that's, I think that's a really key thing that you were talking about before is that is that in our humanity there is this desire to be, what, what did you say before? You said God of our own world mm. and, and essentially replace the place that Jesus is supposed to take in our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Jesus made that sacrifice on the cross and he, and he covered all sin, but we need to accept that and we need to put him in that place mm. um, in, order, in order to be free from that sin. Yeah. And so when we're talking about that journey to the cross and the yep. confronting sin, yep. um, at the end of his life, when he's getting ready to die on the cross, he had that prayer time in the Garden of Gethsemane. Guess, guess, how do you say? Gethsemane. 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 Yeah, Gethsemane. Yeah. Um, where it said that he was actually laboring and, and his sweat was as drops of blood yep. um, that fell. And he said... If this cup can be taken from me, mm. take it. Mm. And to think about how brutal the cross was going to be, not yeah. just in terms of the physicality, like they reckon, well, the prophecies say that he was marred so much that no one would even recognize him. So his mm. body was beaten and bloodied so much that no one would have even recognized that it was Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the flesh torn off his back with the whips, the crown of thorns, the nails. The beatings, um, yeah. all those things, you know, even the stripping of clothes, like that was one thing. But the other thing was now that Jesus had given up glory. So the Bible says that he gave up what was rightfully his, mm. um, yet he gave it up to come to earth as a man so that he could be sacrificed for us yeah. to take the sin. So that's one part of it. He 
I'm sure he knew about that pain. Yeah. But he also knew about the pain of separation with God. You know, when he was on the, the cross, he said, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And um, it would have felt as though everything was lost then. You yeah. know, that um, he'd taken all this, he'd taken then the sin of the world upon himself, the punishment for all the sin. Mm. In other words, he took our place so we didn't die. Yeah. Um, that's what they called the substitution um, where one took the place of the other. Um, and thinking of that as the eternal son separated from the eternal father, yet he knew the outcome. So even though he was going through that and he knew the outcome, so he, he knew that, like, like you'll see in the Psalms, when one of David's prophetic Psalms says, you won't suffer my soul to stay in the ground so basically he knew that he's going to be raised again mm. he saw the eternal glory because he said oh, i'm going to be the first of many you know he saw that and for the joy of that mm. he endured the cross so yep. even though he knew the outcome was going to be good he still didn't want to go through with it yeah he knew he was going to be raised again from the dead yeah um but he had faith yeah that that would happen and yet still there's that turmoil in him. So there was a massive price to be paid. Yeah. And that's the ugliness of sin. Um, it's always ugly. So, for example, today we have wars. Mm. Um, and I talked a bit about World War Two. Um, and, Matt, so you're looking at, at now at, um, Russia with, uh, what is it again? Uh, Ukraine. Ukraine, yeah. Ukraine, yeah. Ukraine. Um, what, what do you see there? Well, like, it's, it's death. It's destruction. It's, um, you know, the removal of liberty and and you know, people's lives being destroyed. You know, violence. You know, there's there's no there's no humanity in that mm. at all. Um, yep. And it's because yeah. there has to be a confrontation against someone. Because they're invading a country, Hitler was the same. Yeah. Like the wars cost millions of lives. Yeah. Because then evil was coming through, and it's exactly the same with sin. Um, mm. And we need to treat it as something serious, which is what Jesus said we should do. Yeah. So I'll just read from Matthew eighteen seven to nine, and you can have a comment on it if you want. Um, so Matthew eighteen seven to nine, what sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Mm. It's a, it's a it's a challenging passage, isn't it? Yeah. Like I mean, as you said on Sunday, I don't, you know, I don't think it's it's saying physically to do to do those things. Um, and I think you jokingly said otherwise, none of us would have any hands or feet or eyes or yeah, you know, whatever. But you know, it is that it is that thing of of just being aware that sin is there. You mm. know, like that what you're saying before, you know, sin is crouching at the door and, mm. and it even says there in that reading there that, that temptation is is inevitable. Like it's it's coming and we've got to be prepared for it and, and be on the lookout for it. And, you know, um, be in that place where we're not 
um, you know, in, intentionally going about doing things that, that go against what God wants us to do and, and all mm. that kind of stuff. And that, and that, you know, that includes, I think, um, being part of the body together, you know, and, yeah. and you could even read that, um, that whole passage as, as in reference to the church as God's, as God's body, you know, if there's mm. a, if there's a part of the church that is, is going the wrong way, then, you know, cut it off. Mm. Um, there's, there's that sort of side of it as well that, you know, we need to be in that space of being aware of, of where each other's at, holding each other accountable and, and walking the journey together and, you know, and making sure, as we were talking about before, that, that Jesus in, is in that rightful place yeah. in our lives um, yep. and that we're not trying to replace him with our own worldly desires and, mm. and whatever. Yeah, and I think it's like pretty obvious there he's saying get rid of it or you might end up in hell. Yeah. The fire of hell. That's pretty, yeah. pretty severe consequence. A very, very severe consequence. Yeah, and so we could think about it in in terms of this. So suppose I go to a certain place with certain friends, yeah. And every time I go with them, I sin. Yeah. What's Jesus saying? Cut it off. Cut it off. Don't go to that place yeah. anymore. Don't go to that place. Don't hang with those. Don't friends. Don't hang with those friends. Whatever it yeah. might be. And I had like a, as a tiny little one, but it was just something that happened to me playing indoor cricket, and. uh I got given out and it obviously wasn't out, but the guy in the field said he caught it. It didn't even go off my bat. He knew it. The umpire gave it out and I was like, why'd you give me out? Oh, I didn't see what happened. And I was like, I was actually quite irate, you know, and I yeah. started getting just a bit angry and, and, you know, I actually apologized to the umpire afterwards. But that week I just said, you know what, I'm not playing cricket for a while. Mm. This is not good for me at the moment. I'm, you know, like it sounds so simple and little. Yeah. But I was just like, nah, my reaction was ungodly to all of that. Mm. And I was like, nah, better off not to be here right now. I'm obviously, you know, I need to deal with something. Yep. <laughs> I yep. wasn't like abusive or anything, yep. but it was just funny. Like, I, I was just like, nah, that was one decision I made. It was just like, not not happening. Um, it didn't mean I stopped playing cricket or whatever. And I, and I sort of gave the example, you know, that perhaps you can watch five TVs and nothing's wrong, but other people to have one TV, they find themselves going down the wrong channels all mm, the time. Mm. Get rid of it. Yeah. You know, remove that temptation because yeah. it's about what happens as soon as we sin, we get separated from God. Yeah. Uh, even though we are now counted as righteous, and, and this is part of what I'll be talking about next week, that it's God's grace that leads us into salvation. It's not mm. what we do. Mm. Um, so, you know, if we look at all this, it's almost like you have to do something about your sin so you can be saved, but we can't do anything about it, can we? Not really. No, no, not really. No. And that brought me to John 16, verse 9. Um, and th this is sort of, it sounds really weird, but it's true. It's not your sin in particular that separates you from God. That, that stops you being saved. So it's not my lying, cheating, stealing that stops me being saved. There's one thing, and this is what it says in John 16, 9. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Mm. That's what keeps us separated. Yeah. Not the actual what we've done, although obviously that separates us, but in terms of us being brought back to that relationship with God yeah. is through believing in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, 1 Peter 2.24 he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross 
so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Mm. Yeah. So what happens is that before Christ, we have this tendency towards sin. Yep. But he personally carried our sins in his body so that we can be dead to sin yep. and live for what is right. Yep. It's a change of actual nature. We don't want to sin. Mm. And we can live for what is right because we're not prisoners anymore. And now we live by the Spirit. Um, yeah. And then, Matt, I just read through Isaiah 53. I don't think we'll read it today. Um, I know you've read it out before. Yep. Uh, but it's just really to bring home, and I'd encourage people to go and read Isaiah mm, 53. Mm. Uh, like it has words like he was wounded, he was oppressed, he was rejected, you know, by his stripes we're healed, yep. or, or the, yep. the whipping that he took was for our healing. Yes. Um, and when you read through that, he was pierced. It just brings out the brutality of what happened to him mm. so that we can go, yeah, it was a big price that was paid for our sin and we should take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. Any more to add, Matt? No, I think that's good. Just, yeah, just that encouragement, just again to, to read through Isaiah 53 and just mm. uh, recognize and remember what Jesus went through for each one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Easter services. Yep. Good Friday. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock rather than 9.30, which is the normal start time. Yep. And then Easter Sunday, 9.30, normal start time. Normal start time. Be good. Great. It's going to be great. Yeah. So we're going to do something on Easter Sunday called the flowering of the cross. Okay. Um, so if you are coming, you've got to bring in either colourful foliage or flowers from your garden. And yeah, we'll let you know what you've got to do with them when you bring cool. them. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. All, All right. right. <laughs> Catch no you later. Worries. Bye. Bye.